Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Spark of Genius Flesh and Blood Productions. We are finally here, part six. I know everyone's been waiting for, waiting impatiently for part six now, probably waiting patiently for part six as we release the other five episodes here. In case you are jumping in uh, at part six, we do have part one through five already up on YouTube, and then the whole series will be uploaded on Spotify shortly after. For everyone who likes to listen to it um, on the car, in a car ride, uh, transit, that kind of thing. If you like this content and other content, feel free to like, comment, uh, and subscribe if you want to support the channel. It's free, it's easy, and uh, you'll get notifications when all our stuff drops. So we're coming in here, card 54. This is all done chronologically. And we're going for the 54th card, and we're doing up to the last reveal. And I, we included a couple bonus cards at the end that weren't strictly revealed by content creators yeah. or like uh, personalities or something like that, but it was revealed through... Uh, Pack break, the uh, pack cracks, pack crack box break. I, I don't know. Uh, I just, I just like the rhyme Something of the first like one there. That. So, yeah, it was, it was revealed through other means. So I've included a couple of them that are a little bit more important to cover, cover, uh, to go through in relation to a lot of the other cards we've talked about. So I figured it'd create more of a holistic point of view about the things we've seen so far. So, card fifty four, swing big. So we've got our brute card. Mm -hmm. uh, with the other one that we're not going through being Rolling Thunder, which probably not even worth going through that card that much. But swing big Fair. is a great card here. So, oh yeah, red brute card, attack action coming in for eight blocks three. Brute card's the block for three. Am I right? Cost two. Yep. If swing big doesn't hit, the defending hero creates a quicken token when the combat chain closes. If it so, this is this is something we haven't seen a lot of like effects that happen when they don't hit so yeah. this is one of those cards uh two for eight in red is about like a, it is above average as far as like above curve yeah uh usually you see a lot of like command and conquer two for sixes things like that you yeah. know that rally the rear guard the stuff like that closest thing i think we have is um two for seven i think in smash with big tree but that has no block yep. so it, two it, it seven has no block was already yep. a high you know stat to begin with and then they had to remove the block right to yep. make it you know uh fair yeah so, but yeah so what they did is they eight yeah yeah good <laughs> they had to uh they they added they added back in the block they increased the damage but then they they created a conditional essentially you give them a quicken when the chain if it doesn't hit so they give you the extra power mm -hmm. but that's only because of the defending mechanic here so locking for eight Depending on the deck your versus is easier or harder. It kind of really depends. Uh, it is a six plus attack, so meaning intimidate for Reinar, banish targets for Levia, all all good staple stuff. I think it'll work really well in the brute decks we have. For KO, it's even better in my opinion because of the base eight attack. So yeah. meaning on a KO roll hit, blocking this thing for sixteen is going yeah. to be extremely hard for most, if not all, hero builds. And like, this, I believe, is the highest added card KO has access to, if I'm not mistaken, because mm -hmm. Alpha Rampage yep. was only for Reinar. This is now the, the first card yep. that you can get in KO that attacks for 8, so that's huge. Yep, yep. Uh, so coming in for 16 on KO, this card is decent into aggro decks that don't want to hit, uh, that don't want it to don't hit because block. they block with 3 cards. Yeah, uh, they, they like chances are they can't use the quick in anyways if they block with 3 cards. Yeah. However, the issue is if they pass and keep the Quicken token and you can't put enough tempo to make them block, mm -hmm. they can come back with a very strong five-card hand with the Quicken with the token. Quicken. So it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a ticking time bomb. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. So when you're faced with that, you're like, oh, okay. So they just full block. If it's a control deck, they probably just full block anyways, regardless. But yeah. this card is good into control matchups or decks that go very tall. 
because they likely can't utilize the quicken anyways. Yep. So you are getting a three for one on your attack, essentially, right? Because you're pitching yeah. in your attack, so you're getting rid of one card, which on Levia you can just banish again, so you're getting two cards out of one card, right? Mm -hmm. You get a resource from the grave and you get the eight attack. And they will need uh, either two cards in armor or a whole bunch of armor in a card, but they're giving up quite a, quite a few resources to block it. So I'd be a bit hesitant to bring this into an aggro matchup, unless I'm at the point of the game where them getting a quicken is definitely worth the one turn off uh, yeah. to, to keep to then you know keep the tempo up, right? So this card maybe seems a bit better in Reinar and Ko than it does in Levia, only because Levia does have a lot better on average red attack actions that are shadow brood cards mm -hmm. and so i feel like her red slots are a little bit more they're already taken um, um, limited however i think it's a very good card in Levia, yeah. and so that's okay. why i think something will have to give there i think that in ko actually looking at this card like it's great if it hits but at the same time if you get if you have this it becomes a four um mm -hmm. which makes it a lot easier to block with a single card plus armor so it might be an easier way or rather, the detriment in KO might might be actually quite bad here, but um, I think I think it's a fine card. I, I think the damage that you do get with this card is worth you know giving them the quicken. Um, mm -hmm. Also, um, you're not just gonna pitch and swing with this. You're probably gonna have some setup on like a good hand where you do intimidate a few times beyond Reinar and you swing with this, mm -hmm. but they only have one card left in hand, so they just cannot possibly block it. Um, yep. Getting some barragings off, you know, intimidating a few times, so. I think in that respect, it's really good. I'm a bit worried about KO just because of the four attack this could have, and then kind of giving them an easy quicken token, right? Yeah, I think you want to just combine this card on your turns with uh, Rage Roll, right? The one that yeah. lets you roll another dice. That's fair. Yeah. Another die. Uh, and I think that will be like one of those key go-off combos if you're able to get Rage Roll, maybe in, uh, play Rage Roll, roll off scabs, right? Get multiple attacks, action points, pitch, and then hit them with like... I don't know, this and something else. Like, yeah. ideally, that would be even just a 16, right? But, like, this and anything else, and you're able to roll two on KO, two dice on KO on each one, right? Yeah. Because of ready to roll. So you can really maximize that with this attack. And you really uh, want to finish off with this attack, probably. You want to, like, have this attack hmm. for second instead of the first. Yeah, probably, like, just, like, a blue and then this and, like, a one-cost <laughs> attack would probably be more ideal. Mm -hmm. um, overall, we gave this card... Um, Gave this card a three, being average. It's a solid root card. I just, I don't see it in a, as a must include. It's a nice to have. Yeah. However, that can change in different kind of builds. However, making this possibly a three point five. However, for now, we see it as a three. Yeah. And so, two two cost also works very nicely into Blood Rush. I think that that stat line is actually pretty good. Uh, threes are a bit clunky, so you want to aim for the twos. Yes. Yeah, twos can you can also pummel this card. Just FYI, sure. like this, this is pum pummelable, so it's not that bad here. You make the opponent um, kind of use three cards because they don't want the on hit or the lack of a hit, I guess, and then you pummel it. So they wasted three cards to card. block, and then you add a pummel. It's kind of mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next card we're coming up for is a Rune Blade card, and the last Rune Blade card we were, we reviewed, Revel and Rune Blood, was a hell of a card. Uh, we're seeing another hell of a card here in Swarming Gloomvale. So this is a red rune blade attack action with zero cost. <laughs> another another zero coster. Yeah. Uh, three block, three power. If you've played or created one or more auras <laughs> against Go Again, two or more auras, uh, aura or a token. Um, I think or that, that's also fine. Two or more, it yeah. gains plus one. Three or more, it gains. When this hits a hero, it can't prevent arcane damage from sources you mm -hmm. control this no no null rune for you that null rune yeah. one is now useless um so 
this is this is this is a very powerful card that isn't that hard to get off right so the minimum i ever see this coming in as is a four go again which at zero cost is already a great card yeah because so the, the the addition the additional cost you're doing anyways in your your entire strategy making these uh making these auras right yeah and so that's already great but like having the four go again and then that could be as simple as like mortar tide create a rune chant like that that's two that's two off the bat right yeah. you're already at two auras playing mordred in any non-attack i mean um mordred plus playing swarming gloom veil actually gives you two with this ability right so just just mordred into this card gives you the two yeah mordred into this card would give you the two does it say uh is it does it already have to be created or is it like on that i guess it's uh I think Visrai would trigger, trigger before the card stack. text. Yeah, Visrai would trigger before this yeah. card, I believe. So this card yeah. text so wouldn't it... apply. Would only apply after Visrai has created the rune chance, I believe. Yeah, so Mordred tied with that. Uh, usually, this like deck would play a lot of things like Marvin Skies, so you wouldn't really want to waste the go again there. But you can True. always do like a Marvin Skies after, like on creepers that kind of thing. So uh, pitching for grasp, um, rune blood incantation, another new card. Uh, coming in is an aura since this card says this turn it can easily just be like the second or third attack you play uh, if some other attack actions generate rune chance either on the play or on the hit like the Mavrian Skies meet and greet the combos are they're endless really like all of these just stack more and more and more rune chance right which are all auras that feed into this so yeah. it synergizes very well with the new runeblade cards that came out such as runeblade incantation revel and runeblood that we mentioned yeah. earlier runic reclamation the other majestic it generates rune chance on hit like three for seven creates a rune chance. Still okay if yeah. you Mavrian skies that out and it hits. Oh yeah, it's a hard breakpoint to hit, right? So the theme with all these Runeblade cards in Everfest seem to be centered around playing and creating auras, right? This card is just the one that has the most upside to it, and this card is strong in all versions of Viscerai, but specifically the aggro tempo and semi OTK combo decks. Yeah. Uh, the deck is good in chain when using cards like Revel and Runeblood, albeit it's not as easy to pull off. However, it's still very strong because you can go very wide. There's just not as many ways to create auras as efficiently as in Viscerae. Uh, but it's still a 0 for 4 would go again off to auras. The card is good. I think the card is better in Briar than Chain, but not as good in Viscerae. So it's good in Briar for the same reason as all the Runeblades at the very least can use Grasp. Yeah. But Briar also has embodiments. And so embodiments True. are auras that Briar creates. Uh, it doesn't have to be a rune blade. It doesn't have to be like a, a rune blade. A rune right? chant. Uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be a rune chant. So embodies are the auras. So a rune chant plus embodiment of lightning. Or whenever you hit, you gain that embodiment of earth, right? Only one per, because of the rata, you only get the one right. uh, for the turn. But that's already two auras, like in mm -hmm. any of those, right? So it also synergizes well with Sting of Sorcery, which I actually forgot was an aura for an instant. Uh, Me too. It is, sorry, it's a non-attack. It's not an instant, however. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. It's a... Uh, Sting of sorcerer is Sting of sorcery is an aura by itself to keep creepers aligned with creepers alive with more arcane. So it's just such a strong card in all the rune blades, and for that reason, we gave, I gave it a five. Excellent, mm. and I don't give five very lightly. I the other the only other card I've given a five to is Scour yeah. in the other episode. Uh, no spoiler, oh, I guess spoiler alert. Yeah, it's yeah. just such a good card that you want three of in every deck in almost every iteration, right? It slots in yeah. and it slots in well into current uh, and past iterations of all the rune blades, and that's why I gave it a five, right? It's a bit of bit of a must have for a mm -hmm. lot of decks. You don't absolutely need to build around it. However, it's also strong if you build around that aura generation. I can definitely see new decks coming out of that. 
So we gave it five. Excellent. Only the second card to get that rating. Illustrious rating. Stamp of approval. Yep. <laughs> um, so next we have a Guardian card. So Guardian cards have been kind of mixed into the more aggressive style and more control style based on what Guardian you're talking about and what play style the deck is going under. Nerves of Steel is a blue three cost Guardian or a non-attack action that blocks for three. And when Nerves of Steel enters the arena, remove a minus one counter from a chest equipment you control. Battleworn and Temper, uh, Temper being the keyword added in Crucible, I believe, yep. and Battleworn being like the basic one that's being used in Swapper's Wraith. Uh, doesn't trigger if it defends an attack with two or less power. When your heroes dealt damage, destroy Nerves of Steel. So this just stays on the board and doesn't have like a timer. Pretty nice, attached. actually. Yeah. So. This card is very much a control or a base deck staple and a good card at buying time with equipment to set up larger turns. So this helps blocking pesky Kadachis as well as all those two, those, those nasty two power Benji attack actions that were being blocked by guardian equipment mm -hmm. using like crater fist, tectonic plating, even skull cap, uh, removing a minus one counter is the equivalent of gaining two life, right? Cause when you think True. about it, if the armor, um, if the armor is blocked once, which is already nice, uh, if they end up breaking the chain, you can also and you can also end up putting it back uh, again and again and again, recycling, right? So when it yeah. comes in, because you can have three of these, is essentially what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So you can keep recycling that that counter, and each time you remove a minus one, you get another two block out of the equipment yeah. that you wouldn't have got before because you yeah. would have only got the one block and that's it, right? Definitely. So it's really good to use this. Uh, after the first block on the equipment to maximize, maximize the value. Your value. Yeah, yeah. it is a three cost that works well with pitching also for a Nothos. Pitching for Hammer, it's, it's not an Ice, so there's no trigger on the Winter's Whale, but it's still a nice <clears throat> you know, three costed card. It blocks for three, obviously, so yeah. it's also nice on the defense. It can be searched with Imposing Visage, which we're going to talk about a bit later, to mm -hmm. be put into play and ignore the fact that it doesn't have Go again. So it's the same thing as like Stamp Authority, Showtime. Very yeah. strong auras don't have Go again. I like this card in a more defensive aura build using cards like uh, Stonewall Confidence, Forged for War, Showtime, Blessing, Emerging Dominance, Stamp Authority, and Bolden, cards like that yeah. to, to round out the deck here and try to search up these auras, gain value, and then come in for big swings to try to block out and use cards like Pulverize, a lot of the like Macho, macho Grande, I'll call it Macho Libre, yep. Macho Grande coming in for these big kind of attacks and i think that kind of deck can work quite well in the meta and so yeah that, that's um, kind of that's kind of my thoughts about it also it. pairs very well into a card that we haven't talked about yet called stalagmite a shield that you know the guardians now have access to i guess ice guardians um because you can now block with it indefinitely and create frostbites right as long as the chain's broken you can keep using it and not trigger temper so mm -hmm. that could be really good um, because the shield didn't look too good on its own. I mean, we can jump into the shield probably. I think it's the next I card mean, anyway. The shield, the shield, the shield <laughs> is the next card. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, I see. We'll Jump talk the about it right once here. it comes in. Once it comes in, yeah. Yeah. No, that that's also a fair point. We gave this a three point five. Is good. Uh, it's a good card that works for a very specific strategy. It could possibly be slotted into any Bravo, like either the old one or the new one, or possibly an old him deck. I'm not as convinced in an old time deck. However, mm -hmm. it probably is possible being a three cost blue. Yeah. However, in the old old school Bravo with, um, or even the new Bravo, but the old Bravo with like Showtime and stuff like that, um, and the old school Welcome to Wraith Guardian cards, I think it'll slot in quite nicely. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I guess uh, you already kind of spoiled our next one. So why don't, uh, why, why, don't <laughs> why don't you give us the intro on stalagmite? My, my scoop. Okay, yeah. So stalagmite. So ice guardian equipment shield um, blocks for two. Uh, very nice. And it says whenever you defend with stalagmite, create a frostbite token under the opponent's hero or the attacking hero's control, and it has temper. So looking at this kind of at face value, the two block is awesome, but the temper makes it only usable twice. Right, you block with it once for two, block with it again for one, and it's destroyed. Um, the introduction of the uh, Nerves of Steel makes this card actually really cool because you can now just keep blocking for two. Uh, for example, if you are against Dash, um, I assume that you... I mean, she breaks the chain all the time when she reloads her, her items. So you can kind of continuously block with Stalagmite for two, giving Frostbites, um, and then not triggering Temper with your Nerves of Steel. So Nerves of Steel with Stalagmite just shuts down Dash immediately. Like, there's nothing she can do. Um, much better than the uh, Rampart Shield because it gives the Frostbite and it blocks for two. So, mm -hmm. and it's free. <laughs> it's a free block. So, I think awesome card when paired with Nerves of Steel. Kind of mediocre when just by itself. That's my opinion. I don't know what you think, Harry. No, that's fair. So, yeah, as you said, at first, at first glance, it doesn't seem better than Rams for old him. Mm -hmm. Given that the temper uh, that the uh, this stalagmite has temper and Rams doesn't, since Oldham could efficiently block with Rams head. However, the card we just talked about, kind of as you said, it doesn't allow the minus one, mm -hmm. and you can block out things like uh, dash and really prolong the life of the uh, bastion yeah. uh, if you're able to keep nerves of steel out, especially for multiple turns. So, new Bravo and old him can use this. Not old Bravo has right. to be new Bravo because it is ice. Uh, I can see. I see this more as a side sideboard shield into certain matchups for use in Bravo, as you said, Dash being one of them. Yeah. I mean, great into Ninja um, as well. I assume because the Kadachi hits. Um, great, honestly, great like ninja. if you're playing Blitz, like an auto include against Benji. <laughs> this just destroys mm -hmm. Benji. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally agree here. I think, you know, you could bring this into Ninja, but it was like for old him. It, what Ninja wasn't an issue. That's true. With. It okay. wasn't like a hard matchup anyway, really. Yeah, uh, we give it a three. It's more of a sideboard piece. I don't see this as being absolutely necessary. If you have it, slot it in. If uh, decks like Dash and Ninja are very popular in your meta, feel free to kind of slot it in and see how it goes. But it's uh, not by any means required, especially because at the moment, this is the Cold Foil Legend, one of the Cold Foil Legendaries in the set, so it's yeah. not going to be that cheap. No, um, um, and so yeah. yeah, don't feel don't feel pressured to particularly get it ASAP. It's not a must-have. Yeah. Yeah, rolling into uh, T Bone here. Why don't Why don't you start us off with T Bone? I like -bone. I like I like you doing the intros for all the mech cards. <laughs> That's right, my main class. So T Bone. Um, so first of all, understand it. I'll say so. It's a zero cost. Uh, I'm talking about the red one here. Zero cost. Red attacks for three, blocks for three. So uh, zero for three is a little under curve. Uh, you have. 0 to 60 being 0 for 4 automatically. So, mm -hmm. um, But the effect of T-Bone might be worth running it. Uh, so it says, if you control a card in the combat chain that has that was boosted, the defending hero must defend T-Bone with an equipment that they control if able. So very good against um, you know heroes that can't afford to block with equipments. It really forces them to break Tunic you know, if they if they have to. Um, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of cards, I guess. It can also target spell-bound creepers too. Blocks for one, I think it's also a blade break. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's a good card. I would probably... I'd probably try to fit it in. There are a few reds that aren't 
necessary. I think Combustible Courier is one that you might want to swap this out for. Um, it being a zero cost though is is pretty good into in Blitz because your your main game plan is probably trying to get off the maximum velocity. Um, so zero cost boost is very good for that game plan. I would automatically include this in Blitz for sure because of that. In CC though, um, there's a place for it. There are some reds that you can replace in in Classic Control Dash that'll make this you know uh, a direct upgrade I think. Um, mm. But I think the effect is worth it, even though it's zero for three. The, the effect is worth running it. Yeah, so I I see the card as like a slightly weaker 0 to 60 with an effect. Uh, irrelevant effect most of the time. I just see this really as a zero cost boost that's good for high octane. As you said, it's good for maximum high velocity. High octane as well, yeah. Yep. I, I probably see this as honestly a 6 or 9 of uh, in the reds and blues and some, some of the yellows for Prism just because, uh, as you said, you can, you can cut attacks such as combustible courier another one i thought of is high speed impact yeah uh, as a t-bones te- bones just give you better value on those big bursty kind of turns that you needed to um the blues can cut you know pour the mold or something like that i keep talking about pour the mold i don't yeah. hate pour the mold. i mean pour the like mold those is a card that you don't run very often uh it's mm-hmm. it's only because you need more stuff against bolton yeah <laughs> really no yeah the non-attacks for bolton is you never true, use it for the it's ability solid... it's a pure pitch card really <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Overall, it's a solid card. It's not fancy, but uh, it's better than a lot of the options that Dash had yeah. before, because I feel like Dash was kind of padding the deck a bit with these kind of yeah. semi-okay cards. And so for that reason, we gave it a 3.5 good, because 0-3 to three with boost alone is a good reason to uh, run yeah. a card, especially with a lot of the um, very, very wide turns with all mm-hmm. the action points and the pistols and the high octane. And it's right? also nice so that T-Bone kind of works with itself, too. You can play multiple T-Bones, they all have boosts, and then you can force the opponent to block with equipments multiple times in one turn. Yep. So, you know, I think that's a it's a good reason to run it, too. Yep, for sure. Uh, we're on to our last card reveal card, and because of it, I put the uh, Kasai poster in here. I keep swapping with the Benji and Kasai, depending on the specializations we're talking about that episode, <laughs> if, if we talk about them. So here we're talking about blood on our hands. Now, what a what are the what an artwork on the card? Like that is a stark image there of, for... of Kasai. Yeah, I was gonna say for the longest time until until I was convinced just now, uh, I thought that she was literally holding like someone's face in her hands. <laughs> like she literally yeah. ripped off someone's face after killing them. With the eyeballs and everything in there too, yeah. <laughs> blood on her hands. It's, she's literally holding blood, and the reflection is her face, it, right? I gotta say, it looks less like a reflection, more like someone's face. But that makes a lot That's of sense fair. if you put it that way. It, it, it's, yeah. it's gotta be. She's not some kind of barbarian, as, as far as I, you know, as far as she's I know. Not from the. She's she, not. She's from not the a savage brute. Lands. She's not a brute. She's not from the savage lands. It's very uh, brute like so to is... do this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, this is the Kasai specialization. This is zero cost yellow pitch, blocks for three warrior non-attack action with go again, of course. Yeah. So uh, a couple things here is an action cost to play it. You can destroy any number, num- any number of coppers you control. For each copper destroyed this way, choose a mode. You can choose each mode twice. Mm. Target one-handed weapon has plus one while attacking. Target one ha- one-handed weapon has go again while attacking this turn. Target one-handed weapon may attack twice this turn. So... You need six copper in total to fully trigger this, right? Because you need two, two, and two. Yeah. Um, which isn't hard at all now that cards like High Striker I'm are a High thing. Striker. And this won't well work as... with silvers, unfortunately. There's no conversion no. rate that you can just swap out silvers no, for two yeah. coppers. There's, there's so you... no, no exchange rate. No, no, this is copper all the way here. So you got to use um, coppers. Yeah. Yeah. You need six coppers to fully trigger it, trigger it as we've kind of said there. Uh, Red High Striker gives you six on the bat. 
uh, as well as cards like Spoils of War, Sizeability, Outland Skirmish, which is a card we didn't talk about, was uh, a warrior non-attack action that creates Copper on hit. Mm -hmm. uh, this actually makes generating money a legit win condition for Kasai, which I was struggling to find the reason money generation is yeah. good. This is why it's good, right? I think Kasai actually has got some solid cards to set as far as young heroes go. Um, you know, it's fully activated. Both sabers can attack twice. They both gain go again. They both gain plus one. Yeah. So with... <clears throat> with no other cards and only a blue to pay for the swords uh because the second the second swing is free so out of the four swings the second one is free and the other ones cost one each that's right. why it's the one blue so one blue yeah yeah with blood on our hands you can come in for 12 off four swings assuming they don't block with an attack action if they do sword is buffed by one for the turn so it could be uh buffed by one so you're getting two more damage and two more damage so it'd be another four damage uh this in turn Adds the Kasai, adds onto the Kasai ability since you attacked two or more times weapons, so you can gain up to four copper if they all hit. Yeah, right. So it can keep fueling that. Outland skirmish also gains that copper on hit if you've played it beforehand. This combined with cash-ins to gain card advantage actually makes Kasai mm -hmm. go wide turns feel really, really good. Yeah. Other than praying for spoils of war turn, just praying on the That's card. Right. Eventually, you get your cash in. Combined with the extra Kasai support cards like uh, Oath of Steel. Uh, in the swing, Blade Runner, Slice and Dice. Mm -hmm. I think Kasai's looking, uh, just looking mighty fine in Blitz if yeah. she can get the tempo rolling. And so mm -hmm. the card itself, we gave a rating of four, being good. It's a good card that's must-have if you want to run Kasai. You just, you need yeah. two of these. You're, you're doing yourself an injustice. This is the first time we've seen like money having an actual like good strategy here because otherwise, like you mentioned, there there wasn't really much besides card card draw with cash in maybe that you could really use the coppers and. Just the coppers for, I guess, right? Uh, but with this card now, you can just, yeah. I guess, you can cash in those coppers, but in a lot better of a way here. So yeah, I really like. You could definitely like uh, save it up for like one of those big turns when you have the proper buffs to really get rolling here. Yeah. Uh, and in blitz, because people started lower health, you don't even need as much to kill them, right? Like you don't need to set up these massive uh, saber bolton turns to like yeah. OTK them. Mm -hmm. Um. So that was the end of the regular card reveals. We have a couple now that we're going to move on to that were revealed from the pack slash box break, mm -hmm. box breaks, right? So uh, imposing visage, we kind of mentioned it a little bit before. A blue guardian non-attack action with a block of three, cost X three. Mm -hmm. I haven't said that. I haven't said that one before. X three is uh, the cost first time X3. we've seen X three, I believe. Yeah. Uh, search your deck for an aura with cost X or less. Put it to arena and shuffle. So that usually means paying three. So you declare X is three, pay a blue, um, and then it will cost one. You know, uh, well, it'll, it'll cost nothing, right? It's it's gonna be it, it it's gonna be replacing the actual cost of the aura. But the key is it gets around go again. The the fact there's no go again, right? So this okay. card is gonna yeah. be a pillar in the heavier guardian, heavier guardian aura builds like Bravo. Uh, possibly old him, but I'm thinking mainly Bravo here. It gets around the fact that a lot of the strong three-cost auras in, like, Bravo, they don't have go again. So Nerves of Steel, we talked about before. Stamp Authority, Showtime, Emerging Dominance. These don't have go again, but they're very, very strong cards. So this card is excellent for fixing your opening turn, which happens a fair bit uh, <clears throat> in heavier blue decks, right? So auras that have extra face-up value for this set, uh, for setup, are very good when you don't have to give up tempo. Though the best ones don't have go again. For example, Imposing Visage can get you Showtime turn one. 
if you don't have a good attack action in your arsenal and give you that extra card for the following turn that gives you more blocking uh or just a very big comeback turn right so you can block with a card knowing that you're gonna get one card back kind of thing um another example is if you are against a deck with a lot of on hits to grab stamp authority if you have two three costs to trigger the extra intelligence which you can easily use for imposing visage right <laughs> So the as X X being three and then pay two with two three costs and grab stamp authority. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's also that's also a possibility here. And then you can come back with the extra intelligence for a really massive hand because you could be drawing up to five, right? Right, right. Uh, already have a good attack action you want to play out and you want to get some like tempo and honest. You can grab emerging dominance, right? To ensure even if you block out, you can still come through with uh, dominate. And that one only costs two, so you can actually use one of your floating resources for like a plating, pitch a three, get imposing out, use the other two, pay for this, and, and that's that's all fine and dandy, right? So I think Aura Guardian decks in general got some nice additions coming through Everfest, and yeah. this is the card that lets you enable them and build a bit more of a critical mass to like play the deck out consistently, I feel. So this adds a lot of consistency to that kind of genre, which I feel I like was missing completely, because otherwise yeah. you bit of a crapshoot trying to figure out which aura is which when you're trying to actually build out your 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 value town board as i like to call it your value board <laughs> yeah um is this kind of deck uh the one negative the only negative i see is to shuffle right so at the end of the thing is you have to shuffle your deck after you get the uh same thing with like showtime and stuff like that you have to shuffle your deck so getting it on like turn one doesn't really matter as much but if you're trying to pitch stack later in the game uh for second and third cycle this does break your pitch stack right so getting it super early i think is really good turn one turn two maybe turn three and onwards is, is not as good here but this kind of deck is definitely playing for that extra cycle it is not going to come up on average with some really really big swings you're going to be trying to set up those guaranteed hits and that guaranteed value so that's kind of the only negative i see with this card mm. um overall we give it a four it's a good card yeah. It's a good card they can use as a building piece at three of in an aura deck. I'm not entirely sure how good this kind of deck will be in the meta, as well as the shuffling aspect. I'm not a big fan of, so right, yeah. those are reasons why it's a four and not higher. That's true. Yeah, imposing this great card. So, got another mech card coming in, Teclo Pounder. Yeah. All right, Rob. Rob, take take it away. Teclo Pounder. Okay, so starting off, this is a two cost item. It is blue. Um, with no block, just like you know, every other item that Dash has, pretty much like the induction chambers and the, uh, the purifiers. Uh, same cost too, right? So kind of in line with those. Uh, not a red though, which is nice because you could pitch it, which was very hard to do when you drew a bunch of items with Dash initially with the other two, and then it's like, well, now I got to hold on to them pretty much. <laughs> so it says when Tecla Pounder enters the arena, or sorry, Tecla Pounder enters the arena with three steam counters on it, and when Tecla Pounder has no steam counters on it, destroy it. Once per turn effect, whenever you boost an attack action card, remove a steam counter from Tecla Pounder, and if you do, the attack gains plus two. So immediately you can look at how much value this could give you. Uh, removing three steam counters for two damage each is six. Uh, two for six, I mean, you know, that, that sounds pretty reasonable. Uh, at CNC level, you know, two for six, that's pretty much vanilla stats for, for two costs, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Now I wonder how much of a place this has in control dash because uh i mean you can look at like because dash can do a multitude of things she can go control she can go aggro and blitz um i think in cc this has less of a place because the six damage doesn't really mean much dash's main goal is to set up items late game and uh you know occasionally boost here and there but 
the Teclo Pounder, um, it's not a May effect. It's you, you have to. So, you know, if you're mm -hmm. going with, like, um, I don't know, if you're hitting with a 0 to 60 at some point, you have to use the counter. Uh, so you can't just save this, like, to the end of the game unless you just don't attack. So I don't see this card being that useful in control. Uh, the 6 damage is pretty meaningless until, you know, you get your items out, in which case, you know, your, your end game is really to just have a bunch of items and just outvalue your opponent until you win. Um, mm -hmm. I would say in Blitz it's okay. You could start with this item in Blitz. So it is 6 damage up front if you start yeah. with this item, which is nice. And um, the, the other card that you would, you know, fight for that slot... Uh, that would fight for that slot would be the Teclo Core, which um, arguably a little better if you are aiming for maximum velocity. Um, yeah, for sure. So I think that I mean this is obviously more of a blitz card. I don't think it really has much replace in, in CC. So I would I would kind of no, put fair. it as yeah. I mean not great, a pretty average card. Yeah, no, it's fair. I I kind of I agree with you. There. The stat line is fine, like overall. Uh, it's also. One benefit, it's not like if you're playing against a deck with like smashing good time or arc smash, they're likely you're likely to get more okay. value up front compared to chamber purifier. Yeah. So you're you're kind of playing around you're you're playing around their playing around kind of thing. It's a little bit awkward here. It's so like do you waste your arc nice. smash on this card, right? Because I've already like yeah. used one or two steam counters that has one left or something. It's like, do you bother destroying this? <laughs> I kind of agree with you. I don't like it in current dash builds. It's very hard to make the space for this card over some of the items we've reviewed uh earlier, some yeah. of the blue items. Uh, other than like, uh, other than pure damage, it doesn't provide an on hit. Dash's boost cards aren't don't have particularly good on hits anyways. They don't mm -hmm. like they don't inhibit the opposing hero from going through with their game plan. Yeah. Uh, so the extra damage doesn't really. Oh, now I'm gonna break points. If there's this on hit. You really have to be worried, kind of thing. Uh, I think this card is good in boost dash, as you said in blitz. Uh, CC, I don't see it as much because so you can partic particularly start instead of Teclo, no matter what, the extra damage will be good. Because you're yeah. trying to push damage regardless. Probably only going second. I don't think it's as good going first when they just full block unless you get really lucky with strong boost cards early and then leak some damage uh, off the extra pips because you're getting the plus two, right? Uh, I don't think it's as good going first. Going second, I do think it has some merit. On on average, we gave it a... Sorry, we gave it average, which is a three. Right. Uh, it's a fine card in a couple situations, but it isn't anything remarkable at the moment. Uh, so next card we're going to be looking at is Shatter. So Shatter, uh, Warrior warrior Attack Reaction, yellow zero cost three block. Until end of turn, target two-handed weapon. That's key, because a lot of the stuff we've been looking at before is one-handed weapon. Mm -hmm. So this is two-handed weapon. A little bit of Dawnblade support. Yeah, finally some, some Dory love, maybe. Well, <laughs> we'll little, see if maybe. the card's good. <laughs> uh, whenever this would deal physical damage, instead you may destroy a defending equipment with armor less than the damage that would be dealt this way. So, thematically speaking, the card effect makes sense because you're kind of, you know, shattering through equipment used yeah. for defending. Um, it's pretty easy to play out on Dawnblade or Raiden, I guess. Uh, being a zero cost. <laughs> yeah. Being a yellow, it's also good for breaking a library on Prism. That's kind of where the usefulness ends, in my opinion. Uh, ideally, mm. for this card to be good, it would be able. It would need to be able to destroy any equipment. Not only the defending equipment, so, so that you that's can how I read it. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's I think you remember that's how I was like. I read this card and I was like, it destroys any equipment if it hits. That's amazing. You got too hyped. I got, got way too hyped, hyped. and I said, okay, defending equipment. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was yeah. like, all right, so, that's kind of bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's only it's only defending equipment, uh, so that 
to be good here, it needs to hit that key equipment piece that the opposing hero really values or needs for the game plan. Just Think of not... things like blood sheath, uh, tectonic, yeah. things like that, right? So it's important sure. to not... Um, it's important that equipment defending does not get the minus one counter for temporary battle worn mm -hmm. until the combat chain closes, right? That's important to note here because... Mm -hmm. The damage dealt. The, yeah, the damage dealt is on the chain. And so as far as Shatter is concerned, that armor is still going to be a two for a two block piece, right? right. So that's something to consider. Um, so to break two armor equipments, it would need to go over by three because it's not equal or greater, it's greater. So you need to be doing three damage to the opponent here. So generally right. a red attack attack reaction will get, the, get it done. Yeah. However, if the only block is out of the arsenal or armor or both, yeah. And something like an Iron Song response won't work because there's no exactly. reprise. In this case, you're looking for something like an Out for Blood, Stroke of Foresight, Razor Reflex. Uh, mm -hmm. At minimum, it's going to be a one cost plus three. Yeah. So if your opponent happens to not know what Shatter does or doesn't think you run it, on the turn they block with their pivotal armor that is worth breaking, assuming it's like a two armor that I mentioned before, you would need a blue and yellow pitch to swing with Dawnblade, Shatter, and a red reaction that doesn't rely on reprise. <clears throat> for for uh, consistency's sake, right? Just on average, yeah, it's not too hard to get that off. Albeit, you might have to craft your hand a little bit. Uh, you need less if they do block with uh, armor plus something from hand to turn reprise on, because then you might yeah. have iron song, iron song response, or they're blocking with armor that only has one armor. In which case, you only need to get over by uh, a, a smaller amount, by two or something like that, right? Yeah. Instead of three. Uh, but I believe a player with experience playing into Dorinthia at some level will understand how to properly block out Dorinthia threats to the point that I would not, I would not be able to re rely on this in anything more than like an armory event, in my opinion, right? Because half of half of Dorinthia's strength is not knowing what Dorinthia is coming in with. The the strength of this card, uh, I think, yeah, I think you just said it actually. The strength of this card is really just it being an option that people have to think about. Because uh, originally, if you wanted to turn off Reprise, you would just block with a few items, a few equipment pieces, and then not really worry about her Reprise cards. This card kind of gives you uh, something to think about, because if you're just blocking with Tectonic Plating, and she has a way to gain plus three attack without Reprise, uh, you just lose your plating for the whole game. So I, I like the fact that this card exists. I don't know if I like running it that much. But it's still a no. yellow pitch that you could use for Dory. Um, Dory doesn't necessarily rely on that much, you know, blue, to be honest, so... But yellow is pretty good, it's kind of in that Twinning Blade category, where it's a card that gives her more tech, um, and it's a yellow, and it costs zero, which is awesome. Blocks for three, too, so you don't have to use it. Um, might mm -hmm. be like a one-of, just sure. to, you know, pose a threat, but, um, I think, I think it's cool that it exists. I, I do like the card. It's no, just not, it's not, not um, amazing. <laughs> yeah, we gave it average, 2.5. Uh, it can do work, but I do not like cards whose value is circumstantial depending <clears throat> on how the opponent plays into the matchup, right? I prefer reliability instead of hoping my opponent blocks with armor on the turn. I actually have enough setup, and I hopefully, like, yeah. and hoping I actually get enough damage. There's, there's too many variables in yeah, this card. Liz. I don't, yeah. I like to reduce the amount of variation here in, in decks that I want to run. But it's, attack it's, reactions, it, right? it's very flavorful, though, for Dory. It, it kind of mm -hmm. like it really leads into her play style of being a very reactionary hero. So you yeah. are a lot of what you do depends on what the hero does because of your reprise ability, now your shatter, twinning blade, right? All those cards are all reactionary. Uh, mm -hmm. So it really leads into like her her flavor overall, which I think is cool. No, I totally agree. So two point five on that one. We are 
Heading into our last card review, card number 63. Uh, just as a side note here, we're not going to be going over the heroes mm. because there's just not really enough to talk about given that, A, we can probably talk forever not knowing what is actually good or bad. Mm. And two, I think some builds probably have to surface before we can really assess the full kind of qualities. I think we would save those heroes for like a hero profile kind of video. Yeah. I don't or think just gameplay in general. We'll, we'll be trying hero out profile. heroes. Yeah. We'll, we'll oh, yeah. get to showcase well, them better in gameplay. Yeah, yeah. I'll be building stuff like Icelander and Bravo and the new Bravo for sure. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll be looking at them uh, in those kinds of content. We're not going to be looking at them as like a review. Yeah. And so with that being said, our last card is Shimmers of Silver. So this is an Illusionist card. So this is one of those blue zero-cost Illusionist cards we've been hearing so much about. Uh, two block has Spectra, of course. Uh, once per turn effect, whenever you attack with an illusionist or a weapon, put a plus one counter on it. Yeah. Uh, this is once per turn. So it is a once per turn effect here. So oh. Luminaris makes all. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I uh, Luminaris makes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That would be a good card. Yeah. Uh, Luminaris makes all illusionist aura weapons. So like Luminaris already turns everything into weapons. Essentially, is what I'm saying. So yeah. Spectral shields can be counted in here. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of Glisten. But the counters don't go away, even though on Prism for like Spectral Shields, yeah. Um, as such, they didn't go away anyways, because it reverted back to an Aura token from a weapon. As far as like the Glisten interaction, so you can add mm-hmm. like four tokens with a red Glisten, give your yeah. Spectral Shield um, those tokens, and with Luminaris you can uh, attack with it, and then it reverts back to a Aura, so it just keeps the counters anyways. So it wasn't that much of an issue here. However, Glisten costs two and Shimmer costs zero and blocks. And it's Whereas blue. Glisten doesn't block. <laughs> and it's a blue. So I have to think here, how scared of this aura am I playing against it? You know, yeah. it doesn't have go again, nor is it an instant. So if they play this out, they have to end with it or play this and another instant four cost aura after or another instant like Prismatic Shield. <clears throat> it has synergies with cards like uh, Coalescence Mirage. That is a very difficult card to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's the one where when it's destroyed, you could put Shimmers into play, right. essentially. Like you pop with phantasm you can put a zero cost aura like shimmers a uh, crown of reflection that card we reviewed before that i wasn't too hot on uh replacing a spectral shield or something for shimmer yeah uh the actual plus one per turn isn't particularly scary unless you keep it stacking and for some reason the opponent cannot manage to pop it uh pop right. either the spectral or do do enough damage to remove that particular yeah. spectral shield yeah. uh it would be nice if you can like possibly move half of the counters or something to another aura and play when it dies that would, that would be a <laughs> yeah, that would have been like kind of. I don't think that's particularly broken. I think it's actually rewards that kind of playstyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I probably don't bother popping Shimmer with a Spectra, or I just pop it with Scour yeah. if I'm on Kano and I just laugh with the rest of the Spectral yeah. Shields, right? Yeah. I don't really see the merit in like an Iris Reality build with this. It's the same kind of issues. Um, I gave this a two, and I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. giving it a two. I thought <clears throat> it would be a lot more hype than this. Um, yeah. I, I did. I didn't think it would be that once per turn plus one, or I thought it would be at least an instant or something like that. Maybe not a zero right. cost instant, but I thought it would have something. The yeah. the baseline stats of this to be an M seems a little. Eh. Uh, it could be okay if you have the right support, but it's a bit lackluster for that mm-hmm. slot compared okay. to the other majestics, especially. I think that I mean, okay, the illusionist was due for a bad majestic. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, Another Speaking cool interaction. Yeah, yes, right. Another interaction with this is if you have two of them in play, and they're both considered weapons because of Luminaris, you can just buff each other. <laughs> but like, 
<laughs> Shimmer, yeah. Yeah, the shimmers buff each other they can both attack like it's probably it's, it's so hard to get one of these off and not just like torpedo your own turn yeah like, that's true you have, you have go to have again. Turn. what if they gave it yeah, go can... again how broken would that be it'd be a lot better i they think gave... it'd be a lot better but being a zero cost with go again seems a little bit too strong yeah because then you, you just, can just pop them down and then you know no issues yeah you can so what you can do is you can use that and then you can um you know, pitch to create a spectral prism or something, then play down prismatic shield and have all your four sure. shields can go again. <laughs> the the yeah. the issue, the main issue with this isn't the go again. I see the main issue is that you can only do it once per turn. Yeah, like it's only it's it's only. I'm not crazy, right? No, it's but plus it, it's it a would plus be, one counter. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. Actually, if it gave it if it gave everything plus one, let's say, um, mm -hmm. you can't play this before you swing with all of your auras. So. You know, it's kind of not that bad, or not even that broken, I should say. Like, you can't just pop this down for free and then swing with, like, eight spectral shields for eight damage, eight extra damage. It's like, yeah, you have no, to play be, this at the end of your run. swing because it doesn't have go again. So your opponent has a turn to react to it if they want to destroy it. And this thing isn't safe by any means. You know, it, it can be targeted by any attack. It just it gets destroyed. So could have been uh, no, interesting if it if it was multiple turns yeah. per turn. Yeah, but it is it is the once per turn effect, so... It's a very turtley kind of card. I feel it's like you really gotta be uh, building your auras. Um, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm calling it. No, I don't like the card. Maybe <laughs> someone's gonna prove, prove that I'm an idiot. That's completely okay. Speaking mm -hmm. of proving myself as being an idiot here, if you disagree with any of the comments, you agree with the comments, you have anything to add, feel free to comment in the video. Uh, we appreciate any. You know, if you like the content, leave a like. Maybe subscribe if you wanna wanna help the channel grow. If you wanna, you know contribute without having to you know there's no paywall or anything like this there's no patreon no nothing everything we do is just for the viewers essentially right so if you have any comments about any of our videos please feel free to reach out let us know with that me and rob are going to give our uh throats a bit of a rest out of recording <clears> three <throat> and a half how long is it three and a half hours of footage here probably around for, yeah. for all the parts so Rough. with that yeah <laughs> With that, hope everybody enjoyed the entire series as well as the final episode here. These will be available on Spotify uh, probably a little bit later. And with that, no matter where you're watching it in the world and when you're watching when you're, oh my God, my voice is done. Yeah. Uh, no matter where <laughs> or when you're watching it, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I know I'm already saying that incorrectly. It should be have a good night, have a good morning, have a good evening. Sorry. Have a good morning. Have a good afternoon. <laughs> have a good evening. Oh, right. I've already screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've already screwed up, so I'm just gonna go with it. That's okay. Hope everybody appreciated the content. See everyone in the next episode.